Welcome to the Life Over Coffee podcast, conversations for transformation. A cracked jar of clay does not have to be a bad thing if you know the potter. God prefers his creation to be fragile jars of clay so that he can display his miraculous surpassing power to our friends and also to the culture. Of course, there is a problem with this perspective. Adamic clay pots are not content being fragile, being vulnerable, being weak. We actually envy strength, power, might, and other self-reliant strategies for self-protection and sometimes for self-promotion. And so I have a counterintuitive message for us today about how the gospel cuts against the grain of proud hearts. Hello, everybody. This is Rick Thomas, and you are listening or maybe watching Life Over Coffee. You can find me in my cyber home, lifeovercoffee.com. Please check out our resources. We have so many resources that are free to you and all of your friends. By the way, I do want to make a brief appeal. It is easy for us at this point in our ministry journey to reach 100,000 people in one week. And God continues to bless our expansion, and I just praise Him for that because we want to spread the practical message of Christ here and also abroad, and the Lord is doing that. But we need support in order to accomplish what we're doing. The reach continues to grow, which means we have more demands placed on us than ever before. And so if you are able to support us as a local church or an individual, uh, please go to our website and learn how to do that or contact us. I would really appreciate it. God has been very merciful to us, and uh, we would love uh, for you to partner with us as we continue to share our resources freely with the world. Now, if you want to read what I'm about to share with you, you can go to lifeovercoffee.com and you can read it, you can watch it, you can listen to it. It is a full-length video, full-length podcast, and of course, it is an article. And then at the bottom of the article, there is a print feature. I just found out recently that everybody doesn't know that, but it's been there for years. And I want you to scroll to the bottom, hit that print button. And by the way, you can edit out. You can delete all the photographs that are in the article and other things and just print out that article. And I would encourage you to share it with your small group of friends, and you could read through it together. You can make notes on it or just simply copy the URL and send the URL through a text message to a friend and share it on your social media platforms as well. The title, The Reason God Wants You to Be a Fragile Jar of Clay. And so let's get into it. The passage that I am going to consider here over the next few moments, and I'm going to read it in length uh, in just a moment, but it is 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 7 through 12. And this is where we learn how Paul thought about the power through weakness message. And that is a good tagline. That is a good way to think about it. Power through weakness. You see, Paul was afflicted And it was as though it did not matter which way he turned. Someone was always persecuting him. If you find trouble, you would find Paul. Paul and trouble were like two peas in a pod. And according to him, he experienced affliction in every way. 
Paul was perplexed. He was persecuted. He was pushed down. He was always carrying in his body the death of Christ, bringing us to a most crucial and practical question. Here it is. How about you? How goes it? How is your day? How is your week? How has your life been? Are you experiencing affliction? Have you had seasons where things just did not go your way? Let me venture a guess here. You have. And how do I know this? Well, it's pretty simple. You are a humanoid. You're human. You are a fragile jar of clay. You are a disposable pot just like me. But how about this twist? Though times of affliction are some of the more undesirable seasons in anyone's life, it is precisely in those moments when God receives his greatest glory and we experience otherworldly power. Of course, this perspective raises more questions, or at least it does to me. Do I want my affliction, my affliction to be a means to glorify God? Or maybe better yet, do I want to be afflicted at all? What if I continue to rely on myself rather than him who raises the dead, as Paul was talking about in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9? I mean, I recall vividly unique seasons in my life when I was afflicted. And let me be transparent here. God's glory was not at the top of my list of hopeful outcomes. My primary aim was escaping the traumatic time that I found myself in. But if I were honest, I would say it was in those moments of despair that I experienced God in incredible and unusual ways. And the people I served during those seasons experienced God's help through this broken jar of clay in ways that I could not conjure through mere human intellect. Now, only afterward do I have such sovereign clarity because during the tumultuous time of my life, I could not see as clearly as I'm communicating to you now. But I am confident that many of you have had those moments too. During this perplexing time of your life, when you were tempted to succumb to despair, when you really I felt the acuteness of your fragileness as a jar of clay, that disposable pot. In those moments, God can use you in some of the most profound ways, and you might not even be perceptive to it at that time. And so there's a tension here. I am not looking to suffer, and I'm not asking you to go seek out suffering either. But I know, according to God's Word, and you know this too, that suffering magnifies the fame of God, and it empowers me and you in other-centered ways. And it's also true that nothing will objectively measure our Christian maturity more than in those times of personal difficulty. Though I can fake you out sometimes, I cannot always fake you out, and personal affliction is one of those times when the real me comes out, whether for the good or for the bad. To know the real me is to understand me when I am afflicted. 
bringing us to the most best news of all, I do not have to despair. You do not have to despair. There is always hope for the Christian. The good news is that God will not leave you alone in your affliction. God is in our suffering, always working his good purposes through this weak and fragile piece of clay. And there are a few passages in the Bible that break down God's comprehensive help for the believer more clearly than 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. Paul gives us one of his most profound gospel-centered perspectives on affliction in this passage, and so I want to share it with you in length. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the death, in, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh, in our pots of clay. So death is at work in us, but life in you. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 12. And so what I want to do is I want to go line upon line uh, here Again, the article that I'm sharing with you is titled, The Reason God Wants You to Be a Fragile Jar of Clay. You can read this word for word, listen to the podcast, watch the video. That would be great. And so Paul says, we have this treasure in jars of clay. I think sometimes I can forget that my body is decaying and disposable. Though the gospel is evident, teaching me that I am a dying man, I can drift from this truth, thinking my life and creature comforts are more important than the life God is calling me to. Honestly, the container that I live in is not all that important. It should never receive precedence in my heart. But what is in my container is the thing that is important and the thing that matters most. Whenever I put too much emphasis on my container rather than the content of the container, the temptation is to lose heart, and I can despair. Paul went on to say, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair. When I do not see myself as a pilgrim passing through this wilderness land, I can succumb to the temptation to savor the life I live more than the purposes of God, the one who is writing his story into that life that I am living. Perhaps framing the question this way will help. Am I more interested in and fixated on the container or the content of the container. Which is it for you? What occupies more of your mental time and emotional space? The problem-centered person will focus more on and talk more about the problems in their life. 
The Christ-centered person will focus more on and how to put Christ on display through the circumstances in their life. By the way, if you are discipling someone, you're sitting across from them, you're doing life over coffee, one of the things that you want to do is to listen how they talk about the trouble in their life. And you will hear they're either predominantly more problem-centered or more Christ-centered. And again, the problem-centered person will talk more about the problems and the people in their lives is bringing so much difficulty to them, or whatever the complexity is, they will talk more about that. But the Christ-centered person will focus more on how to put Christ on display through the circumstances in their life. You see, suffering does not deny the gospel. Suffering actually confirms the gospel. From Paul's perspective, he did not see suffering as as what should dominate his mental space or conversation. He understood that life in a clay world was destined for failure, brokenness, and deterioration. He got it. It's like lamenting growing old, turning gray, or experiencing increased diminishing capacities. It's like being me, <laughs> growing old. I'm not quite turning gray, but turning bald experiencing increased diminishing capacities. These things are who we are as clay pots. Dying is what we do best. We are jars of clay that God did not build to last. Because of the fall of Adam, we die. We suffer affliction. We experience nicks and dings and brokenness and damages all along the way. Paul said it this way, For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. The issue should never be primarily about what is happening to us. That's the problem-centered person regarding our afflictions. Now, when I say that, please understand, I, I'm not saying that we are to marginalize that we are to trivialize, that we are to ignore our affliction, but there is a way of, of framing our affliction and, and thinking about it, reflecting upon it, and communicating it. Paul talked about his affliction a lot, but it was always framed in a God-centered, sovereign-centered perspective. God made us weak and fragile, Fragile things are always afflicted. And so the real deal is that we are vulnerable and moldable clay pots that God wants to inhabit. This mystery about our clayness raises a question and it points to a secret. Why would God make something so weak and fragile by design? God entrust this secret about his glory and our mysterious strength to failing, wounded, vulnerable, and sinful people. So it will be apparent that the power does not originate from us. It doesn't result from a strong personality, keen, finely honed mind, good breeding or training. No, 
God's glory and our mysterious strength. It arises solely from the presence of God in the container, in our hearts. Our earthiness must be as apparent to others as the power so that they see that the secret is not us but God. We must be a transparent people, not hiding our weaknesses and failures, but honestly admitting them when they occur. God has always intended for us to be jars of clay. Adam, Genesis 2-7, And the Lord God created Adam from the dust of the ground. The very word Adam means red man, man of the clay, man of the earth. He was an earthen man. He came from the dust. He will go back from the dust. And so as Paul is talking here about jars of clay, uh, it is not lost on him that he is talking about his Adamicness. He's talking about Adam himself. He's talking about Adamic people. God has always intended for us to be jars of clay. He made Adam that way, which contains the treasure of God's glory for us to put on display. But be warned, God will not compete with us. It will either be our strength or it'll be his strength, but it'll never be our strength and his strength. He created us in breakable, disposable, weak, fragile clay pots to magnify his power. It's not about the pot, but what is in the pot. That is what it's about. If you could accept that you are weak, you are broken, you are damaged, you would begin to see and experience God working in you, bringing about his glory to others. Paul went on to say, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. We are jars of clay, called to put the gospel on display through our brokenness. Notice the paradox in Paul's theology of suffering. On one hand, we are afflicted. But on the other hand, we are not crushed. On one hand, we are perplexed. But on the other hand, we are not driven to despair. On one hand, we are persecuted. But on the other hand, we are not forsaken. On one hand, we are struck down. But on the other hand, we are not destroyed. It takes a paradox to put God on display. It takes a clay pot and it takes God's power in that clay pot. And though you will experience affliction, you will not experience terminal crushing. Though there will be perplexing times in your life, God's grace will keep you from utter despair. Though there will be persecution, the good Lord will never leave you or forsake you. Guard your heart. Your affliction is not primarily about something that you did wrong or what someone did to you. The suffering that you're going through is about God working in you. Sovereign God is always working, always on the job, always helping you to put his name on display. God's primary work is what affliction is about in your life. Your or someone else's challenges are merely how God's name goes on display. Guard your heart.
Guard your heart against the temptation of bitterness when thinking about affliction, especially how your affliction may have come to you. God is with you. God is working in you. This suffering worldview is a life-shaping, trajectory-altering, gospel-centered, grace-motivating truth. Do you believe? Do you trust God? Paul says, for we who live are always being given over to to the death of Jesus for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifest, here's the paradox, in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. The difference between experiencing affliction, perplexity, and being struck down, but not being crushed, not driven to despair, and not destroyed is how you understand and live out the power of the gospel. Believing the gospel is different than being willing to live according to how the gospel is supposed to work in you. And we see that across the board in Christianity. So many people name the name of Christ. They profess the name of Christ. I am born again. Are you? I am a Christian. You see it on my social media profile. That's believing the gospel. But believing is far different than willing to live according to how the gospel is supposed to work in you. And how is it supposed to work in you? Experiencing the life of Jesus comes by embracing the death of Jesus. The suffering that Paul experienced was so people could see the gospel through his broken jar. Think about your life or maybe somebody that you are discipling. Do they have that perspective? Plug in their name here into that sentence that I just shared with you. The suffering that Rick is experiencing was so people could see the gospel through his broken jar. Is that my perspective? Is that yours? Is that the perspective of the person that you are discipling or counseling? Many people will tell you that they believe the gospel, but when you start talking about carrying a cross, when you start talking about the death of Christ operative in our broken, dinged, and dented jars of clay, that's like a whole other different worldview that seems to be disconnected from the profession that we make. While Paul was experiencing the death of Christ in his mortal body, he saw the life of Jesus manifested in the lives of others. This is what he was saying in the text. The more that I die, the more you experience Jesus through my death. For we who live are always being given over to death. This is what Paul says. We're always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. How many times have you seen Christ's life manifesting itself through Christ's death? If you have seen or experienced this, then you know it only happened because of God working in and through a broken jar of clay. 
I have heard many testimonies about men and women who went through suffering and how through their suffering they shared the life of Christ with others and began to see the life of Christ manifested in them. Sometimes God will put you in places that feels like death, but if you embrace these things by faith, the life of Jesus will come through your brokenness. Paul's faith in the gospel kept him from losing heart. He would suffer more if he could only manifest Christ's life to others. What Paul wanted for himself and for others was a practical experience of the gospel. Christ took on death so that we could have life. Paul wanted to take on death, on suffering, so that Christ would be manifested in others. Living like Christ means living with weakness, challenges, difficulties, while dying to self for the sake of others. And of course, this experience happens daily, bringing us to some counterintuitive news. The more deaths you die the more you will display Christ's life for others and the more God will be glorified. Jesus talked about this in John 12, 24. I want to insert that verse here because it applies so well to what Paul is teaching us in 2 Corinthians 4. Here are the words of Jesus. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. There is no way around this big truth. If you want to live, you must die. Out of death comes life. Out of weakness comes strength. Out of jars of clay comes the power of God. The suffering you experience today is not a denial of the gospel, but it is confirmation of the gospel. Living the gospel life is what this life is all about, and it is the only way to live this life for God's glory. When you willingly choose to take on the death of Jesus, the strangest thing will happen to you. You will display the life of Jesus. So how can you die today? How is God calling you to put Christ on display Perhaps you need to reconcile with your spouse. Maybe you need to reconcile with with a friend, even though you're not the primary one who is guilty in that relationship dust up. Is God calling you to die to your expectations, to your rights? Is God calling you to die to your preferences for greater glory? Is, Is his glory going to be put on display? Maybe you are a teenage son or daughter walking waywardly from God and your parents. Is God calling you to die to your anger, to take on the death of Christ so that you can demonstrate his life through you? Believe this. No matter what affliction you are going through, God promises that if you, are, if you will willingly embrace the death of what is happening to you, turn your heart toward this kind of gospel worldview You will not be crushed. You will not be driven to despair. You will not be forsaken. You will not be destroyed. Yes, you will experience death, but the life of Christ will shine out of your broken jar of clay. The title of this is The Reason That God Wants You to Be a Fragile Jar of Clay. I would appeal to you to read, watch, listen, 
Share this with a friend. Have a conversation that leads to transformation. I want to wrap up by just asking uh, some questions here. Uh, we like to put CTAs at the end of all of our articles, a call to action, so that uh, you can hopefully it will generate those conversations for transformation. And you're welcome to use these questions. Of course, you're welcome to add your own. But here's question number one. Will you believe the gospel today? And I'm talking about the functional, practical gospel. We want to make sure that our profession of Christ and our possession of Christ, uh, that they are singing the same tune. And they will be if we are practicing the death of Christ in our lives moment by moment. And so will you believe the gospel today, the functional, practical gospel? Here's the follow-up. What does that question mean to you? How would you practically apply the gospel, the death and the life of Christ, to your life today? Question number two, in what way do you struggle being a fragile jar of clay? What does your struggle reveal about your theology of suffering? And you just had a, 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 a crash course in Paul's theology of suffering over the past 30 minutes. What specific way do you need to change, and what is your plan? And then number three, who do you know that is struggling as a jar of clay? I know you know someone, we all do. And assuming that you have a relational bridge to them, and you have a context with them, and you have time to encourage them, would you ask the Father to provide the grace? And then would you act upon it by going to that person to care for them because they are struggling? This is what we do at Life Over Coffee all the time. Our supporting community, the folks who underwrite our ministry, have access to our private forums. And I was just talking to someone today. I built out a video for her. It was like a, a 12 or 13 minute video. Uh, she had experienced the death of a, a loved one, a family member, and was just really, really struggling as you might imagine and as we all have. And as, they came to, as she came to our community, she's been supporting us for uh, years. And so I, I produced this video for her, just talking directly to her, trying to encourage her. And I've been thinking about her as I've been working through this actual uh, content here. And I am going to go to our private forum and link this so that she can read it and benefit from it, find encouragement. And so if you have someone who is going through a difficult time, a fragile jar of clay who is just dinged and dented one too many times and, and they are heading into despair or they're already there, would you share this with them and then continue to come alongside them and encourage them? Use our resources here. As a matter of fact, if you get inside this article, you will find links throughout uh, there is content inside this resource, and you can use it. And this could be a six-month homework assignment with all of the linkage inside just this one article that's titled, The Reason God Wants You to Be a Fragile Jar of Clay. And so please use it. Ask God to give you the courage. 
and the compassion to go and speak to your struggling friend. And let me finish that if if any of you are able uh, to support us, to help us to do what we do, this is what we do. We are cyber cyber missionaries. We go around the world every day. There's an echo of omnipresence in technology, and so it allows us to wrap the globe. Uh, Every day I teach hundreds upon hundreds of people just on YouTube that they come and they access our videos. We teach people on our Instagram platform and Facebook. We teach people at our website. We have our mastermind program. As I said, at any given week, we can reach 100,000 people. And if you're able to help us to keep producing this kind of content, would you consider supporting us as a church, a business, an organization, or an individual? Grab this resource, The Reason God Wants You to Be a Jar of Clay. Thank you so much, and God bless. Thanks for joining us. Learn more and get access to other resources at lifeovercoffee.com.